the mind, fantasy football and city skylines. This is Staying In. Dan, what is this? Is this fantasy.premierleague.com thing? Is this the is this the fantasy league that we did last year? Like, is, is it the exact same thing? Yeah, it's the exact same thing. It was only last, last year. I thought it was ages ago. I think they only do one season of football. Do they do more than one season of football a year? No, 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 but it felt it felt long ago that we were having this conversation. It does. Yeah, it was only last season that we that we that we played this. I mean, me and Sam have have kind of played ver- this and variations of fantasy football for a number right. of years. We we were obviously very yeah. big football fans. Um yeah. last year we we tried to hook uh, you both into it. And I I was on board. Uh Pete, you were on board. Chris, you declined on that occasion. Well, mm-hmm. uh, Unlike Peter, I thought my felt my ignorance of football knowledge would be a hindrance. No, I thought it'd be a boon to me. Right. Yeah, Pete just picked funny named players. You're very much like that octopus that tried to predict the World Cup results. No, I'm more like you know when artists say have the was it uh, Picasso who said had have the creativity of a child. I don't know. It sounds something. Picasso sounds like something that yeah. that sort of uh, that sort of lunatic would say. Um, like. Basically, that thing... Isn't that like... Well, you can't libel the dead. Okay, carry on. Well, never mind. So that thing where artists say, like, free your creativity by thinking like, you know, by being... By not constraining yourselves to what what comes beforehand. That's what I thought about with fantasy football. I thought that maybe that would be a good... A good way in. I think it's gonna it's gonna be useful for my my time this time around as well because I've I've joined the football league because we're gonna run a football league but we're gonna we're gonna run it with everybody, aren't we? As in everybody who's listening to this. Yeah. So last year all we did was we kind of ran a little mini league between ourselves just just for yeah. fun, just for funsies, um, and we thought what we would do this year is we'd do the same thing, but we'd open it out and kind of let the people at home you can come mm. and join us and. Join the league and compete with us, compete against us, show us how terrible we're doing, laugh at mm-hmm. Pete's team, and look at the reasons why he's picked the players he has. Um, yep. Which I'm sure will likely be based on names he finds funny, um, which will give you just a little insight into the, the, the mind of, uh, of our dear Mr. Peter Wellington. Think like a child. Think like a child, um, act like Peter Wellington. Um, yeah. All right, okay. They don't call in the Picasso football management for nothing. (laughs) So, do you want me to explain what people need to do or what you need to do? Yeah, give me a brief, give me a very brief rundown of what I've got to do. Okay, so there are a number of kind of fancy football systems out there. Uh, The most popular one, the most kind of commonly used one is on the PremierLeague.com website. So you go to fantasy.premierleague.com. Um, yeah. You can sign up for an account there. It's all free, uh, no charge or anything like that. Um, sign up for an account, create your team. Um, so you'll need to create your team before you can join any league. And then once you've done that, you can join our league. And in order to do that, you can either click on a link, which you will find on our Twitter profile, or mm-hmm. you'll also find the code for our league um, there, which again, you can just pop that into uh, into the fancy football um, fancy Premier League website and that will automatically add you to our league so you'll be able to see us um, yeah. I don't think it unlocks the teams in terms of seeing what other people have done until the first game so you won't be able to right. see each other's teams until then but you should be able to see us all on there so we'll be able to compete and we might do things throughout the season of kind of highlighting if players are any good and who's the best, who's the worst and how's Pete doing 
And it's important to note that there is a deadline. So it's a, they've got six days, haven't they, Dan, from listening to this to kind of have their team locked? Yes, indeed. So, yes, it will be uh, the 6th of August is because that's when the Premier League season kicks off. And that's the, the, the cut-off point. Um, you can join after that. However, your points, the points you obtain will only start from when you join. So you'll miss out on possible points that us early birds have got in there nice and early and, and we'll be getting all of that jazz. I'm getting that. I'm getting that in my diary. Sixth of August. I had no idea the footprint. That That's I, a big diary, Pete. Uh, it says here holiday Scotland and Republic of Ireland. Doesn't say anything about the British Premier Football League. Well, you need to get a better diary. Yeah, I need to get a better diary. Or just, or just in, write in um, Premier League starts. In 1926, Gertrude Adele became the first woman to swim the English Channel. Sixth of August. So I'm going to a christening on Sunday. A christening? A christening. It's not Toby's, is it? Is this going to be a weird or awkward experience? No, I've never been to I've never been to a christening before. And I bought I bought a card for the baby and my partner is not sure whether it's an appropriate card or not. So I thought I would run it past you. I mean to be fair, could I just say if it says kind of happy christening or whatever, I think you're safe. Hmm. Yeah, it doesn't. I went past those because I thought that's a bit too obvious, Dan. Uh, oh yeah. I don't yeah. know how you. I don't know how you can get a dodgy christening card. Well, Surely do- just... whoa, whoa, whoa! No, I didn't say dodgy. Hang on, I'll go and get it. Should I go and get it? Yeah, you yeah, go and yeah, get the card. Get... He's got one of those. He's clearly got one of those like <laughs> pop-up nudie ones that you might find yeah. on. Like, it has. It yeah. has to have a baby on it. If he doesn't say christening, it has to have a baby on. it If he doesn't have oh, a baby, yeah. then it can't be a christening card. Like, all it is, is it's quite a small little card because you know it's a baby, and so yeah. Only, I mean, not that I think they're going to actually—they're only like seven or eight months old, so they're probably not going to be opening the card themselves. So it's a nice blue card. I've left it blank inside because you know it means I can personalise the message even more. That's nice, yeah. Yeah, and it just says on it, yeah, yeah. three words. You did it. <laughs> Exclamation mark! But, <laughs> is, and is it christening specific? No. Are you are you confusing a christening card with a birth card? No, 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 I, no. Think, I think I think I think Chris is confusing a christening with a driving test. That that's what Chris has gotten absolutely <laughs> okay. wrong here. Okay, okay. Let, let me just break that. So the card says you, <laughs> you did, did it. it. Okay. Yeah. Who exclamation mark? In, exclamation in your, mark, Dan. Okay. The, the exclamation, exclamation mark. mark. Yeah, because without it, it sounds like I'm accusing them. You did it. In your mind, Chris. <laughs> in your Chris, in your mind, who is the you in you yeah. did it? The baby. They're not doing anything. Well, the ba- the baby has laid there had and had water yeah. poured over their head. The christening is happening to the baby. Yeah. Yeah. They they con- they haven't contributed anything to this occasion other the- than someone's carried them there. So what you've really bought is a card that says you, you bought a card for the priest. You organised, yeah, either for the for the for the for the person at the top of the religious, like whatever it is, or you've bought it for the parents, and you've basically said you've organised an event. Why? So yeah, so either it's gone to the priest, and you're so you're sitting there thinking, well, no one ever thanks him, so I'm going to get a card for him. <laughs> or yeah, you've yeah, bought- <laughs> yeah, 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 you bought a card where it's like. Oh, it's always about the child, isn't it? No, you know what? It's his, it's his special day as well. So hang on, hang on, hang on. So the christening card, right, it's yeah. not for the 
it's for the it's not for the baby it's for the parents yeah even worse even worse because it's kind of like you did it well you've done it now well well i guess it's gonna be a child of the lord now you've done it you did it but, it, but it's for the but it's for the baby no when usually when you write the card it's for the chris, baby isn't it chris 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 okay i don't i don't want to ruin your perception of the world here but the baby doesn't give a shit like, of course it doesn't. It's not going to uh, care about the book I've bought it either. <laughs> As we kind of mentioned, if you can also give the exact same card to someone who has passed their exams, taken their driving test, gotten married, it's not suitable for a christening. No. Oh, man. If I, got, I, I literally threw the receipt away today. No, just you can... That's the, it's, a, it's a very standard card, so you can yeah, use no, that no, for another occasion. No, because it's not a christening card. You can. You don't have to take it back. You can use it for a future event. Yeah, use it for something else, like a funeral. No, like, uh, like an exam or something. Has anyone got an exam coming up? But like, S- but Sam's getting married. Back. Here, give it to Sam and Lisa. Yeah, that's a good wedding card. You did it. You did it. You got you married. But he knows. What it, but he knows what it looks like now. Yeah, perfect for a wedding. You made an active choice to do a thing. Um, but but or you know, keep it just for you know what surprise, surprise a colleague. Like, just be like, when they do something really nice or something that they've tried really hard of, you just go, here's this card for you. And they'll, and they'll go, he's really thoughtful of, of, of Chris. He's really thoughtful of him. And it'll be lovely. It'll be a lovely special occasion. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, fully, behind, I'm fully with Pete. You, you, it doesn't have to be something official and that. It can be just a really nice thing of, you yeah. know what? People don't give cards enough. So I'm yeah. going to give you a card because you have accomplished something. Here, mm. you did it. Exclamation did it. mark. Yeah, you, you go, your partner makes you tea. Here's a card. You did it. You did it. You did it. Hang on. No, brilliant. You should really save it for if we climb Scarfell Pike in a few weeks. And at the top, you can give it to one of us. Whoever, whoever you think's worthy enough of... No. Oh, no. No, you know what we should actually do? We should take that card. We should sign it from all of us. <laughs> and we should give it to somebody else who's just getting to the top of the peak. Who looks really tired. Who looks really yeah. tired. And just go up to them and just hand it to them. Walk away. And just see what happens. Wouldn't that be lovely? I'd love that. Chris, make it happen. Make it oh, so. Okay. Make it so. That means I've got to go and buy another card now. <laughs> <laughs> Chris. Sam. What, what is it when... You, I've, you might know this because it's in your... I want you to put on your... I, I assume you've always got it to handy. Your doctor's cat. Cat. Cat? Yeah. <laughs> She's around it. Your, do- your doctor's cat. <laughs> is that what you get? Is that what you get when you get a PhD? Here's a cat. I've just fed her. She's around it somewhere. Uh, I want you to put on your doctor's cap. Yeah. The lovely cap. Do you have that somewhere? Do you keep it? I was wearing special? it last week. We had I had three days of graduations to go to. So, yeah, yeah I had my floppy renaissance-esque hat which i wear for what did events. you get for your masters just a normal kind of mortarboard so if, if where do you keep them all i don't um basically the university hires them out for me every year for graduation ah. for, oh. for, the, for all the money you must have given a university to do your studies the least they can give you is a hat well, to be fair, we we had to hire our robes. But Dan, we did a degree in drama, so I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, we just we just messed debate for three years. Yeah, exactly. So I think what Chris has done deserves a hat more than us pretending yeah. to like literally 
run around a Scottish wilderness for a few those, weeks. Those are some very good points. Um, so, Chris, yeah, I want you to put on your imaginary doctor's hat. Yeah. Bloody Cameron's Britain. Um, and w- is there an official name for what happens in a theatre when everyone goes silent all at the same time? I mean, I didn't ask for a demonstration. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is, is that like... Um, Politeness? A suspend, <laughs> a, is it a suspended silence or something? But it's but it's incredible. I I've been thinking about it a lot recently because of because of a game that I've been playing called The Mind, and um, it it might be one of my favourite things. A pregnant pause, a pregnant pause. But but it's something different than a pregnant pause though because nothing seems to trigger it. It's like when you're watching something in the theatre. It's just like, it's not like a cinema where the lights go dim and the adverts are on. And everyone gets that's their sort of cue to shut up, and the multiple adverts saying, "Please, can you shut up now? Come on, please." Um, like it's just that thing that happens where nothing seems to trigger it, but everyone just this like a ripple of silence goes throughout the whole theatre. I, I absolutely love it. I think it's it's one of those like wonderful pieces of social phenomena. Like it's a felt silence, isn't it? It has almost has a yeah. substance to it. Yeah. So, I've been playing The Mind, and Chris, you've played The Mind as well. It's nominated for this year's Spiel de Jar. I didn't win. That went to Azul, which I haven't played. Um, but essentially, The Mind is a card game that captures that lightning in a bottle, that captures that feeling of um, social cohesion, like the, the uh, like almost like a, a hidden message hidden amongst the people that you're with. It's a very uh, simple game to describe, I, um, in fact, it sounds a little bit, <laughs> it sounds awful when you try to describe it. Uh, to go off on a bit of a tangent at work at the moment, I'm trying to start a little board game club between me and my oh. colleagues. And uh, it's been really difficult, like the first two times I've tried to organise it, because it's really difficult to explain, A, that board games are not just Monopoly and Scrabble, and mm-hmm. B, when I try and describe a board game, as I will <laughs> do now, they don't sound great. So... Um, so the mind is a deck of a hundred cards, and basically the the simple idea of the game is between you and the people that you're playing with, you've got to lay those cards down in uh, uh, in sequential order in complete silence. So depending on the number of people that you play with, you have a certain number of levels you go through. On the first level, everyone has one card. On the second level, everyone has two, and so on and so on. If you're playing with four people, you've got to make your way through eight levels. Um, so, yeah, so that that is the mind. You've got cards in front of you, and without saying a word, you've got to put those cards down onto the table, face up, in sequential order. Get it wrong, you lose a life. Lose all your lives, you lose the game. Um, and, and that's it. So what's on the cards? Just a number. So does... You've got 100 cards named numbered 1 to 100. So, if someone puts down one, then someone yep. else puts down two. Ah, uh, no, but not, somebody might not have two, Dan, because you have 100 cards. You do, Say if you deal one each, you know, one person may have one. Someone could have 56. Yeah. So, so say we're playing now and I shuffle them out, like Chris could have 56, you could have 32, um, Pete could have seven, and I could have 98. And between us, in silence, we've got to figure out 
<laughs> and put them out in the right order. Make it through that level, then we've got two cards in our hands. And it it's it's it sounds like the most basic and simplest game, mm. but when you play it, you realise why it was nominated for Spiel de Jar. And when you play it, it's like that lightning in a bottle of like feeling like you're part of something and you've created, you managed to create something. Like the manual is very, plays on this kind of trying to develop a mind state with the people that you're playing with, trying to develop like an aura. Um, the the art on the cards is of a white rabbit with a like a hippie symbol on him like on a medallion like it kind of tries to play off those like 70s 60s hippie aesthetic of like all being of one hive mind but when you slap down a card and someone slapped down 36 and you slap down 37 it's just like that feeling of yes we are legion we are hive mind like it's absolutely i have not when we played this game, I've not screamed and shouted in celebration, screamed and shouted in anguish so often than I have in any other game that I've played. But, but it's, that's the thing. It, it, it's all of its subtext. Like, the game yeah, happens yeah. entirely in your head. So so what? how, how are you... How are you... Communicating. Yeah, how, yeah. How, in terms of when you play it, what, what were you able to do? Because you're not allowed to have any kind of, like elaborate or explicit form of communication just because we're keeping quiet we can't have some kind of elaborate sign language it's something you feel so it might be like for example just feeling there's a pause in the room would suggest that there are people around the table that perhaps have got cards that are quite close together but they're trying to yeah. just feel the room and it's about you have to try and second guess each other so i may put a card face down and i may slowly move it towards a pile i'm looking in the eyes of everyone else to see if they're <laughs> happy with me doing that and they're thinking, okay, his confidence suggests that he's in the same 10 cards as me, but he's in the lower end. So yeah, actually, yeah, maybe I'll really... let Chris do that. And we had one sequence where Lisa, Veronica, and me, we played three yeah. cards, one after the other in sequence. And they were literally, you know, 51, 52, and 53. And it was just an incredible moment when that happened. It is one of those games where it's just a machine that creates those moments. Um constantly it's 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 wonderful and i think you do the other great thing about it is you do develop a little bit of a sign language when you're playing it like if someone starts and immediately puts their cards down and sort of sits away from the table then you know they're not going to be involved for quite a few for, for a while like you can get the sort of feeling from them that their numbers are uh quite high and then if but if someone's like leaning forward then you know that they're like getting ready to sort of pounce, pounce on a number when it comes up. So it's got all these little delicate systems in it that just do enough to like, as a group, just prod you along and achieve this kind of feeling like you are, you are becoming like one mind. And and if you ever make it to the end, <laughs> the hard mode essentially is you have to do all that, but with the cards face down. How how many? How many players does this can can you play with this? Um, up to four, um, but I don't know why it couldn't go up to maybe five or six at a stretch. I think when you add more players, you run the risk of that. There, there's there's something nice and intimate about it being like four or five players, maybe pushing it at max just around the table because you ha- first of all you have to sit in silence, which 
what the first sign that I knew this game was really good was when we just could not sit in silence. Like we were so on edge and tense and excited and, and pumped up about what was going on and the drama that was happening. Like we just had to get it out. There was just like, you'd just be sitting there and just be like, and it's like, you'd had to, there was all this like overspill of everything that was building up and getting out. And I think you'd lose that in a larger group. I think there'd be a lot more temptation to speak and sort of break that and also, you've got to be comfortable with the people that you're playing with. Like, um, you've got to be able to look people in the eye and and have and be brave enough to have those communications. So I think when you start to make the group a bit bigger, you run the risk of probably people feeling a lot more uncomfortable. Bigger spaces between people, like just having it nice and tightly around a table, feels feels like the perfect space for this game. I mean, because I have to, I have to say, I probably of all of us, I probably play the least board games. Um, mm. That's partly due to kind of not having kind of people around who I'll play board games regularly with. And so often, you you guys will on the podcast, you'll mention board games and you'll describe mm. them, and I'll nod along and say. Yeah, I have no intention. I have no intention of 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 going on to play them. I might play them kind of when I meet with you guys, but kind of on a day to day basis, I'm, I'm entirely yeah. going to play them. Mm-hmm. Um, you you however, kind of grin and bear it when you when you come and visit me, Chris and Pete. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. Hap- are you having fun, Dan? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, <laughs> but I have to say, during this conversation, I have gone onto Amazon to look at the to to kind of have a look at it because it does sound really interesting, and it sounds like a game that would work really well for kind of those very few occasions when I do get to, when I do kind of have friends around or I go into friends and we play some games because it strikes me as something that's really small, really easy yep. to understand. It's tiny. Um, it helps that it's quiet with a baby. <laughs> that's, a, yeah. that's a selling point. Um, but yeah, I think that this is, this seems like definitely something, especially I think six is probably the, between f- four and six is usually the, the kind of the groups I would use, number I'd be playing with. Yeah. So I think it probably sits within that. Um, but yeah, I think this could definitely be something I could go go ahead and purchase. Actually, um, I was looking on Twitter the other day and I saw something which, I won't lie, disturbed me to my very core. There's a lot of that on Twitter. Um, this was actually a, a post from one of us. Um, ah. And I think one of, I think you know who you are. Um, Mr. Peter Willington. Well, you gave a post. You you posted a video of yourself having a snack of some kind. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now I understand the logic of the snack, mm-hmm. um, but the execution was horrific. Um, yeah. I mean, Pete is famously a health freak at the moment, Dan. Yeah. So I can't absolutely. understand why there's any concern. We've had we've had conversations in the past about the the kind of what he eats and kind of. So having vegetarian or vegan having some lovely lovely dishes and kind of a wide variety of tasty food yeah um, and yet on this occasion he decided mm. that the food he would eat would be a plate full of i'm guessing around about 10 yeah tw- there's 12 in a pack yeah small kind of um aunt bessie's yorkshire puddings um mm-hmm. which is fine everyone loves a yorkshire pudding me personally yeah. i love a yorkshire pudding carpet yeah Delicious. You should put in roast roast dinner, a bit of gravy, absolutely beautiful. Mm. What I don't find beautiful is mm. taking that roast dinner, removing everything but the Yorkshire puddings, and mm-hmm. replacing the gravy with toffee sauce. Oh, because well, that's because that's what Pete had. That's that's the dish. That's the snack. That's the meal that you chose to submit your body to. 
I would definitely say it's a snack rather than a meal. I wouldn't I wouldn't classify that as a I wouldn't get home and then go, what am I having for dinner? Well, uh, I think if you had had three, four Yorkshire puddings, I would absolutely say, yep, yeah, that's full on snack territory. Sure. But you had a plate full of Yorkshire puddings, which there, yeah. just based on the quantity takes it into the realms of a meal. There isn't actually much to a Yorkshire pudding, though, if you think about it. Like, they go down real easy. I think you I think you're focusing on the wrong part of this in terms of the Particularly size of the Particularly if bed. lubricated <laughs> with toffee sauce. Yeah. See, I was I was of the similar opinion of Dan. Mm. And disgusted, horrified, shocked. Sure. Slightly amused as I always am. But but I don't want to hear the pancake reason. I do not want to hear the pancake excuse. It's not it's not that okay. at all. Okay. So one of my favorite things is to show uh my um other half videos that Pete sends me <laughs> because she like I have often been bemused, delighted, horrified, shocked by mm. Pete's food options. It's my it's my brand. And I thought this is money in the bank mm-hmm. that I've got here. This is a slam dunker horrified we're gonna we're gonna remember laughing at this. Yeah. Years down the line. Hmm. Showed it to Lisa. Alright, oh, okay. What? Yeah, what's wrong with that? What? Sorry, sorry. Hang on. You still got the ring on the finger there, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my uh, my dad used to have a uh, strawberry jam and Yorkshire pudding. Apparently, it's a thing. And Beautiful. hey, I get it. I get it. Tiny baked pancakes with a little bit of sweet on it. Yep. 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 Go for it. So, so have tiny pancakes, not Yorkshire puddings. Have little crepes if you if you want. They're something. the same thing. And they come in a packet frozen, which I'm sure for Pete was the height of convenience. And they're also cupped, so they like they store the liquid more more readily. Now I don't know if you've I don't know if you've heard of it, but there's a very good series on on Netflix because you you're right. I am I am a bit of a foodie. It's called Chef's Table, and it's very good. Um, and it follows uh, it, it's six episodes a, se- a series, and it follows very high end, uh, du- usually double Michelin star rated chefs. Um, and it talks about their history and their their struggles and and how they think about food, um, and it's always really really fascinating. And I realised that what I'm doing is avant garde food, like avant garde snacking. Like think about it, I'm taking my history and heritage, Yorkshire puddings, and I'm mixing it. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're from North Tunbridge Wells. Um, Briti- Britishness. I'm mixing it with toffee sauce, a mod, a very much a modern uh, sweet thing. So a bit of savoury, bit of sweet. What am I saying about the food? What am I saying about my snacking? Well, toffee sauce is not a modern thing. Pete, hmm. you do you don't half talk some nonsense sometimes. No, but it's it is avant garde snacking, and I will I will. This is the hill that I will die on. This toffee covered <laughs> hill. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, we've figured out what, what it is that's going to be the end of him. Avant-garde snacking yep. would be making a solid cup out of, co- out of toffee yep. and then putting inside that cup yep. raw Yorkshire pudding slash pancake batter and eating that. Yep. That'd be avant-garde. That'd be, that'd be icky. Yeah, because yeah, Sam's right. Me put, uh, Putting my doctor's hat on for just a second, technically, Pete, it's postmodern because you're, you're kind yep. of recycling already existing... And items, and you'll kind of combine them to create yeah. originality. Oh right, okay. Well, 
think like a baby. Like, you know, you've got, to, you've got to free your mind when it comes to my kind of postmon, do you say? Postmon snacking? Yeah. Yeah, postmon snacking. There you go. Talking about the decline of uh, Western civilization, um, we've been playing <laughs> Civilization V, uh, and uh, it's been going. Well, I know we've talked about Civ a whole bunch of times um, uh, mm. on the podcast, but I've managed to... Well, no, you have. Yeah, I suppose I have, yeah. Um, but you're all playing it now, uh, yeah. I, I guess... Uh, we, fi- we finally succumbed to your incessant badgering. He wore us down. And how how have you found Civilization Five, specifically Five? Uh, I've I've played really two kind of main sessions. I played a little bit by myself when I first got it didn't really understand what i was doing and i kept attacking people without knowing why and they kept attacking me without knowing why um it wasn't the most successful um civilization ever um but then we had a we had a game which was uh myself uh you pete you chris and then pete uh the lovely alex uh also joined us Mm -hmm. um and we played that and we played it as a cooperative kind of game and that was that was really fun and that enabled me because you kind of walked me through it as we were playing it so i understood actually what i was doing rather than trying to just learn it on the hoof um and it was it was a really really enjoyable experience and since we've we've played recently kind of all just the four of us together um and again in that occasion kind of the the map layout has kind of affected our ability to do anything but it's still been a fun experience sharing Mm. that world whether it's Sam coming up with interesting city names or Chris just wandering about in a boat. It's there are the kind of I like games like this which allow you to create your own narrative. Um which it's a very good game of doing that. And mm. I've I found it a little bit kind of intimidating to begin with. But I think certainly playing it through with you who've played a lot of it, um very much reduced the element of kind of being intimidated and mm. enabled me to kind of just dip my toe and then be comfortable in taking those first few steps into the ocean so to speak mm. well, that's really good to hear um i yeah i i in teaching you guys how it all works and stuff i definitely realized i think one of my biggest criticisms of that game which is that it isn't very beginner friendly at all. Too many prawns. Far too many prawns all over the place. But it isn't like there's there's there is a tutorial of sorts, but it's not it's not adequate. I mean, it's the same I think in Civ Six as well. Um, it just never quite gets across everything you need to do, and also more importantly, never quite explains why any of it's important. Um. Like it's all very well and you know, well and good to be said. Okay, found your city here, it, but it but it never. There's there's very few times when the game says, well, you might want to wander around with your settler just for a little bit, just to make sure that you're settling in exactly the right place because your civilization is going to, and and how it grows is going to be based on to some extent on the resources that you're actually uh, near in your founding city. I think I think what would work well for it, and this is something that 
they do in Football Manager, which I've, obviously I've played quite a lot. It's a similar kind of strategy, strategy, long-term strategy game, obviously in a very different environment. Yeah. Um, and they don't do it... In a spreadsheet. They don't do, mm. Let's not get into this again. Uh, they don't do it perfectly, but if you, if you turn on kind of... If you're a beginner, you can turn on certain settings where lots of the screen have little kind of um, help points that you can click on that tells you, okay, this is what this bit does, this is what this bit does. And that will, as you go through the kind of the early stages of the game, where fairly early on you pretty much hit everything you're going to all the points that you're going to have to look at and it yeah. comes up with those help points and you can dial down or dial that up depending on your experience with the game so mm. especially when they introduce new features they'll often say i'm an experienced player but please show me the show me the stuff that's new and mm. i think something like that i think would work really well with civ because there's a lot of it which just says choose production doesn't really tell you what that is yeah. Other than yeah. here's a list. Here's a list of productions that you could choose. Choose one yeah. of them. It it it's interesting because it playing Civ just starting out reminds me of what it was like playing City Skylines mm. first time. When you play that game, the tutorial is scant and uh, doesn't really explain, to my mind anyway, enough of what I needed to know when I first was like making my own. Was, was like making my city to the extent where I had to go out of my way to, you know, look online and go to forums of why my electricity wasn't going and why my water was contaminated and all this kind of stuff. Like, And I feel like Civ is in the same sort of wheelhouse in that regard that I think it exp- they expect the players to do a lot of trial and error. And yeah, because that's quite a technical game. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same with City Skylines is there is you have to go into it knowing that the first civilization or the first city you create is not going to be the best and you know reach the the pinnacles of 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 knowledge and power and or like or or design in the case of City Skylines. And mm. and I think that um this goes on to quite a lot of the games that I've been playing actually recently. I've been playing uh Bloodborne and um Hollow Knight on the Switch, mm. which is exemplary. I love it. And both those are games which play against the expectations of, of what it is to be a modern gamer, what it is to be um, engaged in this medium in, in uh, at this time. You know, when you play something like Uncharted or Gears of War or horizon or something like that it, it, it it's essentially it part of it is a power fantasy you, you your your hand is held uh, to a certain extent and you're given a very written and rote experience i'm not saying there's anything wrong with this i'm just saying there's you know yeah. it's kind of like what a lot of us experience in terms of games like you have this you go on this wonderful journey this of, of power and you're always getting better and better and better until you reach the pinnacle of what it is to be great and that's it the game's over and when you step into something like Civ or Bloodborne or City Skylines or Hollow Knight and suddenly, like, take the case of Civ, for example, you're just like, well, hang on, this isn't... My my civilization's not going anywhere. This is, you know, this is rubbish. Like, mm. that's completely goes against all the other experiences that you have in especially like AAA gaming where it's always, like, pumping you full of rewards and achievements and pushing you and pushing you and pushing you forwards. And... I think that you, as a player, I think you have to, you shouldn't be expecting the game to adapt and mould itself to you. I think you have to go into a game knowing and expecting different things. I think that 
it helped having you there, Pete, when I first started playing Civ to to kind of realise that um, about about the game. And I think that at, like Bloodborne, I played it for about three hours, and I'm not even out of the starting area. And mm. the amount of times I've thrown the controller down and gone, "This is unfair. This is this is horrible." But I have to remind myself that that is the experience. Like that is what the game is trying to teach me and on what it is trying to provide is that you will get better Mm. but there is nothing here that is going to help you do that you've got to do it all on your own you've got to put the time in you've got to put the effort in and there's something i quite like about those kind of games like civ like city skylines that i've yeah it's frustrating always having to go on forums always having to talk pete what does that do what what does this do Mm -hmm. but once you find it out and then you go back into the game and then something clicks and you go, right, yeah, I'm on there now, that feeling is a lot more satisfying. Yeah, definitely. Um, and there's also something to be said about... I think I, th- I think it's finding a balance, right? Because in those games, in Civ Five, so the, uh, the things that I've been, I was teaching you guys, like there's tons more that we, that we could have talked about, but it was all about, okay, here's a foundation in this yeah. game like here are the basics of how this game actually moves forward and then you figure out the rest of the stuff on your own and there's still stuff in Civ 5 that you know I'm I, I'm still finding out now and I've, I've, I've clocked in like 70 80 hours now um which isn't that much but um but there's still stuff I'm finding there and it's funny you mentioned City Skylines because I've actually I've, I've literally just been playing that as well and it's it's, it's so good it's so good um yeah because so I had my my first city, and within half an hour, I had to completely restart my game because yeah. I'd completely messed absolutely everything up. Um, I was really frustrated, really annoyed, yeah. and I thought to my, I was sat there thinking to myself like, "This isn't SimCity. What I want is SimCity because I know SimCity. I know that I do this and I do this and I do this, and then that happens, and that's great." And yeah. and I was like really annoyed, but I was like, "Nope, I'm gonna start again." I know what I did wrong last time. I'm going to try again. And in my second city, I played for a further 14 hours and I got to Megalopolis. And that was the point where I decided that was the point. Okay, that's going to be my end goal. Get to Megalopolis, which is like loads and loads of citizens. Um, And the stuff I had to learn throughout that game, just having the foundations, the basics of like, okay, this is a city management game, so you need to keep your citizens happy that's a big thing taxes you need to figure out your finances how much you're actually charging these people you need to figure out your zoning zoning seems to be this a really big plate spinning balancing act okay the these are core areas and then things like pollution and then and other factors that then go into determine whether or not citizens actually want to stick around uh your city like health and fire safety and jobs and education and and all these other areas but having those foundational things really then just opened the game up and then made me learn a whole bunch of stuff real quick like for example my city was built on rock and roll it was (laughs) it was i mean i built my city uh on a river and um so i need it was like okay so you need a source of water cool Okay, so I start this source of water, and I start my source of water uh, just by the the riverbank that's closest to me. I was like, yeah, cool. So I set it there, 
and uh, started pumping water into the into the city. And I put down all my pipes because you've got to figure out where all the pipes go and all that sort of stuff. So everybody has good water coverage. That's all fine. And then the game was like, oh, of course, you'll also need to deal with sewage because your citizens, oh, no. your citizens will, you know, they they take that water in and they want to get rid of that water at some point as well. I was like, okay, brilliant. So I put my outlet just further up river, and. <laughs> <laughs> and I just did vicious, not think, literally a vicious circle did not yeah. did not think about it and then like and I was sat there like oh why is everyone getting sick oh, I'll just build more <laughs> I just build more hospitals and uh, and then obviously God, no yeah I was like oh no they're all drinking piss water oh no um and so yeah basically they'd been I'd pump sewage out and then just that was what they were having for their water um one of the other things I think that is, and I've been thinking about this a lot recently, is um, how how there's often quite a lot said about everybody's got their own personal stopping point when it comes to video games specifically in terms yeah. of politics and art. And like the, the phrase that you hear a lot about is like, it's just video games, they don't matter, right? And like they're not meant to say anything. Like there's a, there's a certain quarter of people that want to say, oh, they don't say anything. Yeah. A- and they sh- games should just be games. I was like, okay, okay, I can I can understand the reasoning behind that and blah blah blah. But, but it's impossible. But it's impossible. And the and it's 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 so clearly presents itself in cities, right? Because it and it's it's not like a, a left wing right wing thing, whatever. But it's more of a I was making decisions in that game where I was thinking, well, what sort of mayor do I want to be? Hmm. So so uh, right from the very start, I was like, I'm going to be green energy because I think... Free Yorkshire puddings and toffee sauce for everyone! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just no water pipes, just toffee sauce pipes. <laughs> no, that was, the, uh, that was the sewage, Chris. But, but like... But like, I was like, I was like, green energy for everyone, right? And then, like later on down the game, uh, down the line, I made a. I had like very heavy industry at one point. It was being supported by green energy, but very, very heavy industry. And then on my little, ch- it's called Chirper, I think it is. It's basically mm. lit- like a little Twitter feed, and you can essentially hear the thoughts and 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 read the tweets of your citizens and what they're concerned about, and. Uh, I was doing okay, so most of the time it was like, oh, we've got a great mayor, it's really great. But some people were like, why are we mining ore? This is really bad, it's really polluting, like, I'm dig- digging up sludge from my back garden, this is awful. And I, for like a decade, I just ignored it, and just thought, no, 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 we're, we're digging ore because it's really useful and it makes us a load of money. And then at some point, I just went, There's, this happens all the time, my citizens are so annoyed, we're going to transfer to like a green industry instead. And then I got a load of flack from the mining community and I lost a load of money. And then eventually over the course of a couple of years, my industry changed into, I think it was um, forestry, which is a green, which is a quote unquote green industry. And then a couple of years went by and then a bunch of detractors were like, why are we, why are we chopping all the trees down? And I guess the thing that ram, uh, rammed at home about like, you can't quite take politics out of games is, I made those decisions based on like ethical thoughts and also yeah. the game is about appeasing people it is about appeasing the polis of saying like we're going to go green and a bunch of people go yay and then uh, uh, you know the the heavy industry people are like this is real bad 
And the citizens were unhappy because there were no jobs. Because I had to transform my complete industry from one thing to a completely different one. And it just it just really hammered it home. Uh, like this, this idea of even in something quite mechanical, where it's about essentially balancing numbers, there is still a social element in these games where you put your own thinking about society into them. And, and I don't think you would have learnt that lesson per se if it was a if if it was an experience which held your hand at every step and said, "Well, this is the right. This is what you do at this point. If they're unhappy, then you give them this." Yep. Like same with Civ Five. It's just like, oh, your citizens. When when we played Civ, Civ Five and my citizens have been unhappy, it's a process. Then of okay, what about my approach to the civilization do I sacrifice in order to yep. try and, as you said, like appease them and make them happy. And I can't just go to a manual or a tutorial or I can't just like press a button that says, help me make people happy. I've got to figure out a way to yep. do that based on everything I've learned from the previous civilizations or cities or run-throughs of Hollow Knight or run-throughs of Bloodborne that I've done yep. in order to, to make that. And, it's a frustrating experience, and I totally get where Dan Dan's coming from, and I, and 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 I and I agree with him in a sense that the tutorials for Civilization, for Bloodborne, Hollow Knight, City Skylines, they could be done in in they could still capture that atmosphere, but still be welcoming to players who maybe are not expecting that complete change in their approach to a game. Well, what? Well, we have had another question from oh my god from our listeners. I know that is three in a row now. Can we make it four? I don't know. Uh, if you want to make it four, then uh, stayinginpod at gmail dot com is where you can email uh, a question. You'll notice if next time we sheep we sheepishly skip over the question section. Oh, oh, um, oh! Well, no, we can just we can just do what I used to do when I was a radio presenter and no one listened. Yeah, uh, just made up texts. Oh, John! John from John Town says he'd really love to hear. <laughs> did you? Mama did you Mia. actually do that? Did you actually make up texts? Yeah, all the time. What's your perfect Sunday? <laughs> oh well, Sarah from Nesby Gardens uh, just has a has a gin in a towel and his <laughs> antiques roll shelf. Brilliant. Here's Here, Mamma oh. Mia. That's <laughs> That's brilliant. Peering behind the curtain, do um, it all the time, well, all the time. Well, because callers, callers beget callers, and the only way to get a question is true. Is to so if you start hearing dodgy XCOM name, oh um, yeah. So we've got um, Bob Slay is texted into the uh, staying in podcast. Okay, so uh, uh, yes, so real people can send real emails <laughs> please uh, and uh, to us stayinginpod at gmail.com uh, you can also do it on twitter dm us or facebook dm us i don't know what it's called over there uh, this is a real person uh, at adamski underscore uk long time listener i believe and uh, friend of the show yeah lovely guy very nice yeah he's a really nice guy um uh, he sent us one on Twitter. Um, and he says, "Question for you all. Uh, it's actually one of Richard Herring's emergency questions. So that's a good uh, subject to go on with here. Um, if you could jump into a pool of something, what would it be? Uh, keep up the excellent work, guys. Uh, do what you love and love what you do. Uh, so, um, if we could jump into a pool of something, what would it be? I always wanted." to jump into 
a pool a pool of money like Scrooge <laughs> McDuck did in uh, DuckTales. Well, like, but his was loose change, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what. Yeah, but I realised as an adult, probably about two months ago, that there's in that sequence when he dives into the vault. Now, if 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 you if you're not of like I don't know a child of the nineties or whatever it is, um, basically DuckTales Scrooge McDuck is a duck. And he has lots of money, but he's also a bit of a skin thrift. Uh, uh, skin thrift? Thrift skin? Skin flint. Skin flint? Yeah. That one. Thrifty. Thrifty. Frugal. Frugal. He has a vault, very large vault, and in it is a load of, like, looks like gold coins, and there's bars elsewhere and cash, sacks of cash and stuff like that. And in the credits, opening title sequences for DuckTales, he dives in in his bathing costume. And then he dives into this pile of cash and then comes out and spits out coins, right? I realised about two or three months ago that those coins, there's so many of them, they must have been coming from his lungs. Like, he must have been like... Out of of everything you could have questioned about that sequence. Not the anthropomorphic duck. Yeah, or using bathing shorts or not questioning how pretty much everything other than water when put into a a place like a pool will just become solid yeah but to question the fact that he would have loose change in his lungs but think about that what would you you do to get rid of that spit them all out yes spit them all out so i initially thought yeah for the longest time i wanted to dive into a big vault of money but i like that i also like the fact that in Pete's mind, then, when he jumps into a pool of yeah. water, his yeah. lungs fill with water. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're doing it Instantaneously. wrong. Instantaneously. <laughs> I, I, I don't swim very often. Just dives Dump. in like Tom Daly with his mouth wide open. And then just goes... <gasps> <laughs> and just the pool water just drops. Bloody, who taught you swimming, Pete? Right, okay, you jump in, take a big, di- deep breath, come to the surface and just... Um, yeah so well all right so uh what what else what what would you guys jump into um i mean the 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 first thing i thought of which jelly no no well no the first thing i thought of and it was (laughs) it was the thing that you'd want to jump in and then get out relatively quickly is uh, a pool full of marshmallows I feel like that would be a nice soft. You, that nice. would be a nice soft bait thing good. to to land in. Probably bounce out though, wouldn't you? They're quite squidgy. Yeah, exactly. They're squidgy, so you'd land. You'd want to get out fairly quickly because they're going to melt Ugh. on you. So you'd end up getting. Sticky. What? How hot are you, Dan? It's like the space shuttle when it comes out of orbit. If I held a marshmallow in my hand, yeah, it would not melt. Guarantee. It- I, I guarantee if I held a marshmallow in my hand for five minutes and then opened my hand, it would have been <laughs> stuck to my hand. Dan, Dan's body heat is the same as a hot chocolate. Gee, what's wrong with you? Oh, my God. I guarantee you, oh if you gosh. held a marshmallow in your hand, it would not oh, no. melt. I mean, Toby must be really disappointed, Dan, when you go and get him ice cream and he comes back and it's just like... <laughs> it's just, just, a, just a cone. It's like, you know what Dad's like. Sorry. Or just a yeah, stick. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm not suggesting it turns to liquid. I'm suggesting it would get stuck to my hand because it would the outside of it would begin to melt against my skin. Chris, what about yourself? What would you dive into? Easy. 
Gin and tonic. Ooh, stingy. Mm. Tanqueray 10 Sevilla, to be exact. With a slice of orange. It's very cold, very cold. That's a, that's a cold pool. Chris, that's going to sting. That if you've got a cut somewhere, you're gonna know about. It. <laughs> also, if you if you swallow, if you, you're gonna you're gonna accidentally swallow some of it, right? <laughs> you can't get over. What, the you fight. obsessed? No, 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 no. What is wrong with you? No, no, no. no, no I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not jumping from a diving board. No, I no, can no. just jump in from the side. No, but I mean like no, I mean like regular, not going into the lungs or anything like that. But like you know, you go into the swimming pool and sometimes you take in a little bit of the water from the swimming pool, right? You go, no, oh, no, no, no. Have you never no, done no. that? Before? No, I don't go swimming and then need resuscitating afterwards. That's not normal. No, but like not like into your lungs, but I mean like you swallow it a little bit. Like no. it must be a little bit in your in your mouth. Does that never happen to you? I'm sure it has happened, but it, it might very, run. very yeah. rarely, but only generally in the sea when the waves hit me in the face. Well what I'm saying is like you might absorb or swallow some of the gin and tonic. <laughs> <laughs> and and the skin is made of sponge. And if you do, if you do, you'll get like You'll be like doing like front crawl, just becoming more melancholy, <laughs> like all the way through, just like doing laps, but then like quite energetic to begin with, and then like on like lap four, you'll be like, "What's the point?" Pete, oh. you told us what you didn't want in your lungs. What do you? What would you jump into a pool of? Because mm. you, you you told us what you that you didn't know. You no longer wanted to jump into a pool of money. So what would that get replaced by? I, I think the safest thing at this point is he just jumps into a pool full of air. Yeah, because otherwise he's yeah, we just smacks on the ground. No, just, yeah. No, yeah. No, just but then goes <gasps> just <gasps> like, like that scene in Full Ragnarok. <laughs> no, come on, Pete. Come on, Pete. What would you dive into? Okay, what would well, the pool be full of? Yeah, because money thing's not good. I think I'd dive into what are that was. What's that stuff? You get them in their little. Uh, they look like tapioca balls, but they're but like lush sell oh, them. Right. Those uh, little bath, not bath bombs, but the little squidgy, liquidy things. Like a washing up tablet. Like, no, a, like a washing yeah, machine. Liquid yeah, taps. They look a bit like that, but they're in like, um, you put them in like baths. They're like little squidgy balls of like nice smelling scenty liquid. Like bubble bath. Yeah, that sort of like thing. Like bubble bath in a pod. Yeah, or just tapioca balls that you get in like one of those little... Nice Japanese drinks that you can get. I honestly thought Sam was going to say vinegar. No. Oh. I no. figured that's very similar to how the Joker was created. What, what about chips covered in vinegar? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Hot chips. Well, actually, you could have them frozen and Dan would just die and they'd automatically cook. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Just cook them. Cook them all on the spot. <laughs> I think I'd like to dive <laughs> he into... He just holds microchips in his hands and they're done. I'd like to dive into a pool... It's a normal pool, but it's filled with like those foam bricks that sit at the bottom, and underneath the foam bricks is like a picture of something. And I've just spent the next two or three hours diving down, pulling out a brick to see if I can reveal and find out what the picture is. It's some sort of. Do you have to wear your pajamas for this? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Isn't that like that? What in America where you can get you can give people as a gift a chocolate box with a photo underneath, and they reveal the photo yeah. as they eat the chocolates. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that's that's nice. what I do, and I'd be like, "Oh, it's a picture of all of us at the bottom of the pool." Well, that well, that was nice. Yeah, but you know, sometimes when you're doing a jigsaw and you get halfway through and you go, "Oh, I know what this is," would you just carry on even though you know what the image is, or would you go, "Yeah, I know what this is"? Yeah, I just go, "Yeah, I know what it is." I've got enough water on my lungs by that time, so I, I want to go out. 
Did I ever tell you the time when my mother ordered two prawn cocktails? Yes, you told me this, yeah. So, I... <laughs> if the story is my mother ordered two prawn cocktails, it's a terrible story. It's a pretty good story, <laughs> though, because basically I, I went home uh, to, my, to my family home uh, in Kent, and um, uh, they, they quite like eating... Um, how should we put this nicely? Uh, food, food from the eighties. Food from the eighties, basically. Um, so you go out for like a pub dinner or whatever it is. That's kind of the thing you do in Kent, I guess. Um, and basically, we went out for this uh, pub dinner, and uh, the serving person came over and she said, um, "She said, uh, what can I get you for uh, starter?" And um, uh, my mother said, uh, "I'll have a, a prawn cocktail, please." Oh, okay, yeah, no problem at all. And what can I get you for your main? I'd like another prawn cocktail, <laughs> but larger. <laughs> and she oh said, and she, she literally, the, the, the serving person literally stood there, looked at me, like just <laughs> red, like just looked at me, was like, just looked at me for like guidance. And I went, I, I, d- I don't, I don't. And looked back to my mother and went, just larger, just a larger one. And she was like, yeah, yeah, we can do that. Yeah, no problem. Half an hour later, you know, we're into our meal and stuff like that. And my mother's into her second prawn cocktail. And she literally turns around to the table and says, I think I ordered too many prawns. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to come to the point where they said, desserts anyone? And your mum went, <laughs> wow. Do you, know, do you know those sweets that are little pink prawns? <laughs> They're with some mayonnaise. That was staying in with Peter Willington, Daniel Frost, Chris Darby and myself, Sam Turner. If you enjoyed this episode, then make sure to subscribe to our feed so you get the latest show as soon as it's released. Also, if you like what we make and you listen to us on something like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher or CastBox, then we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review, a comment or make us one of your favourites. Information on all the things we've talked about on this episode is at stayingin.podbean.com where there's also details of how you can get in touch with us if you've got a question for us to answer. And of course there's links to our Steam Curator and Board Game Geek pages there as well as our Twitter and Facebook details. But for now, thank you for listening.